Hello everyone and welcome to La Ronda del Barrio. Today's topic is an immigrant's child. We can start introducing ourselves by saying our names. My name is Adomi Rivera. My name is Jenny Rivera. Uh, my name is Kili Carpintero. My name is Yvette Vela. So we have a circle time before every podcast where either we ask an unrelated question or a related question and let's pick through whoever picks it in the cup, which I'll give to you today. Just take one out, yeah, and read it. Unrelated question? Yay, that's the first one. <laughs> so far they've been related questions. Okay, so an unrelated question is, if you could meet one historical figure, who would it be and why? I'll start with myself. I guess you think I'd write these questions and think about the answers, right? But... Hmm. I think I've talked to <laughs> Selena Quintanilla just because she's the first person. I was person. thinking about her. Well, I took your first. <laughs> you might have a different reason, though. All but right. um, she's the first person that came to my mind. It's impressive, so I'd like to see how that all came about from her perspective and not just the movie that's out there. Um, yeah, when I think of a historical figure, the first thing that came to mind is like music-wise. Mm. So I just say Sel- Selena, I'm thinking about... Jenny Rivera, the Mexican singer. Um, yeah, just because she's really badass and she speaks her mind. Yeah, I love her music. Well, I would want to meet uh, Michael Jackson just because you know how there's so many, so much controversy around him right mm-hmm. now. So I would like to like actually clear up what actually happened. <laughs> Ooh, investigate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Find out for yourself. Yeah. Do you have any idea? No, the first person that comes to mind. That's um, George Washington, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. I don't know. I, I mean, it would be nice. Uh, I guess you could say George Washington, uh, the one who started the whole. Uh, well, not started, but invaded the American history. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember what I read in those history books. <laughs> yeah, but. Thank you for your responses. This is just Barrio Alegria's circle time. We have it normally at the beginning of most of our events. Yeah. So it just to warm up. Yeah, warm up. Each other. Open up a safe space. So now we can start with a real conversation. Um, so anyone can start um, with their answers after anyone can jump in. So in what ways do you feel disadvantaged as the first generation of your family in America? So like what parts of your life were your parents not able to help you with? Well, I think uh, I think about the college process. Um, you know, my parents never gone to college. Like mm-hmm. their highest level education was probably up to fifth grade. Um, so they know any don't know anything about you know how the American college system works. Um, so yeah, I pretty much had to do everything on my own. Like I did have help and resources from like um, like the high school. Like I was part of the upper bound program. They helped mm-hmm. me out. Um, but when it comes to like those things like orientation day, you know, you go there and you see all these, you know, people with their white parents and, you know, my parents couldn't go with me because they either had to like be busy or how to go to work. And so then I was pretty much on my own through that whole thing. Um, I guess that's... So you were talking about the college process when, when I started hearing the noise, I think it'll come out. So I guess you said when you saw, um, when you went into orientation. Yeah, so like events like orientation day where like the college student, you know, brings their parents in to like see the college campus and do all like, you know, those activities. And like, I was pretty much on my own doing that. Um, 
because like I said, they were either busy, they had to go to work, or like I didn't want to bother them if they weren't going to be able to understand what like you know these people were saying, you know, about like financial aid and all that, all that stuff. So like, what was the point of sometimes bringing them there if they weren't going to understand because you know they don't speak English? Yeah, no, I think all of us can relate to that, yeah, right? I could, yeah, I could definitely relate like that with that as well. I mean, it, same situation with me uh, with college process. Um, I was the first one to go to college in my family, um, aside from cousins, uh, from one cousin. But um, so my parents didn't really know what to expect either. Um, so I kind of had to do my own research, and I did have help from Mrs. Fuchs. Um, so it's some of the stuff with the college process, mm -hmm. and at school, I know they try to help you as much as possible in high school but it's not the same thing when um, if you compare yourself to these other kids who have parents that went to college yeah. they know hey these are the best schools maybe you could get into a better program or hey scholarships they yeah. they, they have sometimes they have more resources or more ideas than yeah. our parents did mm -hmm. yeah, yeah and it makes it worse when you're like a Latino um, mm -hmm. you see all these like college students majority are white so of course you already feel like kind of like um disadvantaged and like kind of left out like like all eyes are on you because you're like the only colored person there so yeah i think that makes it even like worse yeah i can relate to like both what they both said said also with like looking into colleges for me it was like more i feel like i look more into like the how much we're gonna pay more than like if i like the place or not because mm -hmm. if it's like more affordable then i'm like okay i should definitely go here yeah. yeah, that's that, the thing with, you know, Latino mm -hmm. students, too. Like, we focus more on, uh, you know, are we able to afford it, especially when we come with, like, uh, families from low incomes and all that. Yeah, so. generally, um, immigrant families aren't that wealthy. They don't have that platform to continue on. They came here with nothing. Yeah, they. Yeah. some of them even live paycheck to paycheck. They just mm -hmm. worried about bills, mm -hmm. putting food on the table, and that's yeah, pretty I think much a, it. I think a lot of families live like that right now, paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And I think for me, I was a little bit more fortunate. Jenny here is my sister. Um, she's the first one who went into researching all this stuff. And she was, I guess, the guinea pig to our family. So, <laughs> so I was fortunate enough to have her as my resource, my connection, the person I can ask about how this go for you. But in terms of our parents, um, Jenny didn't have uh, parents who went to college or knew anything that could they could help her with yeah. and then you still know that they want to be there to support you and everything yeah but mm -hmm. they just try the best that they can as much as they can and then yeah. we have to just kind of we had to kind of take it from there yeah mm -hmm. so when we needed answers for college or any other aspect of our life who would we go to i think you mentioned earlier for college you went to miss fuchs and you said you went to Upward Bound. You had Upward Bound as a help for college. But in yeah. any other part of your life, did you guys go to someone else for answers? Um, well, when I was in um, middle school, um, my school um, gave me like a tutor. I didn't have to pay her anything, but after a while, we grew close, so she became like a family friend. So I would go to her for advice mm. since she knew a lot about it, the process of like going into college and all that. Mm -hmm. I did have one older cousin that did, um, had just got started school, college, three years before I started college. Mm. So I was kind of able to talk to her on some of the stuff. Um, I couldn't really think. I mean, I guess just my personality-wise, especially earlier in my life, I was very antisocial. Mm -hmm. Not antisocial, I just had social anxiety and... 
I wasn't really, it was very introverted. So like, I really didn't ask for help, um, but I did take advantage, like I said, like the resources I was giving, like Upper Bound, mm -hmm. um, like you talked about tutoring, like they provided tutoring services for me. So like I took advantage of that. But other than that, I was pretty much on my own, I think. Mm -hmm. It's the person, the people I would go to, Jenny, um, I wouldn't really, I wasn't close to our cousins, so I didn't really ask them anything. Um, and then also Miss Fuchs, I also went to her for help. And I was part of Upward Bound, the rock Upward Bound. Yeah, so that was also one. that was also helpful. And I guess I guess in our dad's side of the family, the cousin who's three three years older than you would be the real guinea pig of the family. <laughs> Wait, what's the age gap between you two? We're seven, seven years. Mm, oh, seven okay. years apart. Yeah, we have like what three siblings between us? No. Four? No. Three, three, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, my math's wrong. Okay, and then. Did you at any point feel resentment towards your parents for anything they couldn't help you with? Or were you, or were you always understanding about why they couldn't? Because I feel like we're at a certain age, we don't understand. So until we become teenagers or old enough to understand is when we don't blame them for mm -hmm. anything they, that they don't know. I just used to hate translating all the time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> everywhere I went. So that's what I used to hate. But as I grew older, I realized that it's very important and it's helpful for them. So I don't really mind now. Um, I don't feel like I really had any resentment, resentment to it because it's more, um, I knew I had to do certain things because they needed it. So I just went with the flow sort of thing, you know. So you never want, you, you never wished you didn't have to do like things for your parents like translating? Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, sometimes it's... With what you were saying earlier, with the whole like antisocial thing, it's kind of hard to put yourself out there, especially when you're translating. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know your Spanish, you know your English, but then you have all that pressure that you gotta get that translation right, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, I, that that was, I guess, a little kind of hard. But like I said, I kind of just went with the flow of stuff and just whatever came up, I just went with it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's the same as, as her. Like, maybe there were times I had resentment, especially in my early teens, you know, it was like, you know, rebel, like, everything annoyed me. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, I did realize, like, it's expected. Um, and, and, of course, like, they, especially when it comes to, like, you know, translating, like, important documents, you know, legal stuff. You know, I remember I had to translate, like, um, for my dad about, like, his, his medical history. Like, how do you explain something that he's feeling inside when like like I don't know like like yeah. how's the doctor gonna understand what, what he's feeling when I'm the one translating and like I said like my Spanish is okay but when it comes to like work like translating technical terms that are like difficult especially as a child when I had to like translate like I don't know it just added more pressure on me and it also like um I was always they when I would talk to adults to translate to them like like why is this kid like talking like for their parents I'm mm -hmm. like well because they don't know they don't know English I'm, I'm the one here to help them out even now I still get that like if I take a phone call for my mom since it's in English they're asking me why I'm the one taking it I'm just like well do you have a Spanish translator mostly most times they don't have a Spanish yeah translator, so, mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah you have to talk to me like mm -hmm. if you don't have you know if you're not providing this like services and I have to step in yeah. mm -hmm. I think my mom often goes on the phone she's like oh is it okay if you talk to my daughter and, and that's how we and yeah. it's normally it's generally Jenny yeah. who they yeah. speak to but yeah do you guys have anything to add on that question at all? Yeah. Yeah. Me either. I'm really thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, the only <laughs> thing, like, is translating, but also, um, 
Well, one thing I I thought of it was, you know, how, like, our families, you know, work from paycheck to paycheck. So I remember mm-hmm. when I was younger, you know, like, in middle school, like, everyone was getting Jordans, you know. They were, like, 100-plus bucks. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really into them, but, like, I remember, like, I was super happy that my mom got me, like, these cool, like, Converse Chucks. They were, like, bright pink. Mm-hmm. And, like, cause she got them at Ross for, like, 20 bucks. <laughs> and I was so happy about that. And, like, and like um, I guess the thing, I remember when I went to... Uh, class the next day after I, I wore them. Mm-hmm. I remember this kid was making fun of me because he was like, ew, why are you wearing those? And then, but now it's like really cool to wear Converse. Mm-hmm. But it was just made me think of like, I guess I wasn't mad at my parents because they couldn't afford, you know, like expensive shoes, but I did have some kind of like a uh, like feeling that um, I was missing missing out on some of like what's cool things, but the, what the kids were doing that were that was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what you just brought up is very important um, in terms of like how we appreciated things that were weren't expensive at a young age, and it isn't until peers are making yeah. fun of it. Yeah, you know, because I remember. <clears throat> I remember I went to Goodwill with my with we would go to Goodwill often, and I think my mom got me like these gray shoes or like high tops. But it's like you don't really. My parents never made us think of marcas as the most important. Yeah, the brands, mm-hmm. and it was always you know whatever you can afford, whatever's there as long as it's useful, mm-hmm. that's what's important. You know, and shoes I think those shoes. yeah shoes are shoes. So I think that's really important. That and I'm grateful for our parents for teaching us that for raising us that way yeah even now i don't even know some brand names i'm like what what is that yeah like right now i don't really care that much Mm -hmm. for brands i think when i was younger because uh kids at school always wore hollister and aeropost so i'm like why can't i get that Mm -hmm. until my cousin gave me a shirt and then i wore it and i'm like this isn't that exciting (laughs) (laughs) just have the logo brand say hollister i know Yeah. yeah okay so we can move on to the next thing, which is how difficult is it to be both American and the ethnicity that your families are? So I guess that's like identity. That can be an identity crisis. How difficult is it to be both? Well, I mean, you can't really, like in my case, I can't really say I'm Salvadorian because, I mean, I can say I'm Salvadorian American sort of thing, but I can't mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm Salvadorian when people ask, oh, where your country are you from? Yeah. I, normally I say, oh, um, I'm Salvadorian. I was just born here. My parents came from over there. Just because I feel like what really defines you as from where you're, that country is that you really experience that culture and you know that culture. Mm-hmm. Like, I know a lot of stuff from El Salvador, um, pupusas, you know. Pupusas. <laughs> Sale um, today, but I've never really been, I guess, how do you say, immersed in that culture for more than two weeks, three weeks, you know. Mm-hmm. So, the culture I really know more is the American culture, um, I guess, when you're outside the house, and then when you're inside the house, you got you know your parents beliefs and stuff like that mm-hmm. so we kind of have a little bit of both but not 100 percent of either one yeah. You know? yeah i think the same thing i feel like society like doesn't accept the fact that you can be both um there's always that famous saying ni de aquí, ni de allá, and i definitely feel it especially when i you know i visit my family in mexico they're like they think I'm white. They think I'm, oh, she's a gringa. She doesn't know anything. Like, she doesn't know anything about the Mexican culture. Mm-hmm. But then here, they see, like, you, oh, you're Mexican. Like, I can point you out. You're not white. You're Mexican. Yeah. So it's like, it is kind of like a struggle, like identity crisis, like balancing, like, it off. Especially, like you said, like, I can't claim I'm 100% Mexican because, like, I, I would say I'm not really fluent in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't 
follow the Mexican culture standards. You know, I remember there was a time, I think I mentioned it to Daniel before, there was a time when I went to Mexico and um, I think I was like 18 or 17 and um, I went to visit one of my mom's uncles and she's like, he, he was like asking me, so what's your plan for your future? Like when are you gonna get married? And I was like, oh, I'm gonna get married until I'm 30. And, and like, if I wanna go to college first, finish that, and then like enjoy my 20s. And he's like, wow, you're really a gringa. And I'm all like, <laughs> what, well, it's just my life. Like, it's yeah. like, and they, they think that's like a culture style. Um, but yeah, I think I do struggle today, like trying to figure out like who I am as a, as a Latina. I'm slowly trying to like say like I'm both um, and it's okay to be both, but it's still like with like people telling you like who you should be, it's, it is kind of a struggle. Um, well, I was born in Ecuador, but I came here at a young age, so I kind of can kind of relate to it, just because it's like when you're living here, it's it's hard to like um, just learn more about your culture because it's like all the way over there in Ecuador. It's, mm-hmm. So I try to learn about like what are like what we do, like our customs, but all that. But it's hard because like we're more like we're here, so we learn about more the American ways than anything else. So you feel more submerged in the American culture yeah. than. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. So my parents, whenever you kind of bring that topic up to them, they're like, well, your blood is Salvadorian. You came from a Salvadorian family, so they automatically consider you as Salvadorian. And Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of hard for our parents to see that we're also American, you know, because we are submerged more in the American culture than the Salvadorian. But at the same time, we do still have a little bit of exposure to that culture because our parents... They're, they bring it on, they they bring it along. So they have, they make Salvadorian food, they have Salvadorian customs and traditions. So, I mean, we still experience it a little bit, just not in the country and things might still be different. And I think that's interesting. Yeah, and they also instill a lot of their Salvadorian values mm-hmm. in their own children sort of thing. You know, they make them, uh, they let them know like what they believe in, you know, culturally mm-hmm. or, yeah, and I, something I wanted to bring up was when, um, for example, I think in El Salvador, or I, maybe it's just our family, that they don't really like people <laughs> dyeing their hair. I don't, I don't know, know if that's like a custom. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's a thing yeah. too, yeah. So when Jenny dyed her hair, she got like highlights, and so did my other sister. My dad's like, what are you guys Americans now? What did he say? Something like that. Yeah, something to he like that. He was like, you guys are Amer- <laughs> ya se convirtiendo Americana, or something like that. Yeah, it's like little things like that we see as normal here, because yeah. we grew up with the American culture, like being mm-hmm. like that. But like you know, the media, what we see on TV, it's normal. Yeah. But then when they see it on us, it like kind of catches them off guard. I'm like, yeah. oh my, my daughter's American now. And like, yeah. Like even like with my outfits, like I wear short shorts, and like I don't know if it's because like my parents were like, well, my mom's side especially like super religious. Mm-hmm. They're like um, Pentecostal, so wearing anything like above the knee is like like sin. Um, mm-hmm. So like when my mom saw me like start wearing like short shorts she started like freaking out I was like why are you showing your your legs like that and i think fa- slowly she started to realize like all right it's it's normal like i see all these other white girls doing it so i guess it's it's acceptable here mm-hmm. yeah no i think my dad just had a whole conversation with my um a family friend about that whole thing about modesty <laughs> <laughs> and he, they're also very religious yeah so but in that case i think religion's what plays the major role in yeah yeah in the, the latino culture yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah 
I'm gonna give you guys a series of statements and then you guys can tell me how you identify with that, if you do and if you don't. So the first statement, being an immigrant's child means taking on responsibilities for your family. Um, yeah, with like with, with what I said, like translating and um, like making appointments, mm -hmm. paying bills, like all the, those responsibilities I have to take on since I'm the eldest in my family. Oh, so then that also means you have to take care of your younger siblings, right? Yeah, and my right? sisters, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You have how many younger siblings? Two. Two. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I guess I'll be in the same boat as you. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> translating. And definitely a big one was paying the bills. Like, I remember before I used to help my mom write out the checks and stuff. Um, and then as we learned more in technology, I found out a ways to how to pay the bills online. Mm -hmm. So then I was literally the one who pushed the button and paid the bills in the house. Yeah. Not with the money, but at that time. But. Mm -hmm. And also for us, I know for me, as you as my older sibling, you were definitely like the second mother, the one who spoke English. <laughs> um, so you definitely also had the responsibility to take care of us, the the four of us. Mm -hmm. So what about you, Kaylee? Um, yeah, I would say I identify with that statement. Until this day, I'm still helping out my parents with like the bills, making appointments. And um, I'm guessing because like, I do have two siblings, but they live in New York. So I'm like the only one living like near them. Mm -hmm. So of course I'm always the first one they call and like um so yeah I'm always taking on their responsibilities. And like even like like said appointments. Like I remember this one time I had a like uh my mom had an appointment and that was the day she was gonna find out if she was gonna have breast cancer or not. Mm -hmm. And I was like I'm really put in this position to like, you know, break the news to my mom whether she had it or not. I mean thank god she wasn't diagnosed with breast cancer but it was a scare and i'm like i'm put in that position like mm -hmm. it's a lot of pressure mm -hmm. yeah. so then uh the other statement is as a child of immigrants you were carrying the hopes and dreams of your lineage how can you guys identify with that if at all um, well, I was the first in my family to go to college, so I felt like more pressure to like pick um, a right career too, which is why I like my first year of college. I was undecided just because I was so scared to pick like the wrong career because of the pressure. Yeah, I was the same, but I started as undecided. Um, and there is pressure, especially like there's a reason why your parents came to the U.S. Yes. to create a better life. So that is that, you know, that weight over your shoulder. Mm -hmm. Like there should be a reason why like you should go to school and like be successful because like they sacrifice, you know, like everything they did at home and like to bring over here to, mm -hmm. you know, make a better living for their children. So there is that, you know, heavy weight on you as a, as a child of an immigrant. Yeah, so I, I mean, I think what you were both saying was that's uh, true. It's like you, you have that pressure of deciding what you want to do for college because of, you know, what they, they because they, your parents want you to have a better life here, want mm -hmm. to, want you to be successful. Um, so I mean, I went into something and I didn't do what you guys did. I didn't go undecided. Maybe I should have. Um, I went into nursing and then um, I was just, when I realized that that wasn't for me, um, I didn't want to be that one person, especially because I was like one of the first to go to college, yeah. to say, hey, this is not what I want, I want to change. Um, then it got to that point where I felt it was too late to change, so I went with it. Um, and, you know, then I had to afterwards decide what I wanted to do, change majors, um, go to my master's in accounting, you know, but I didn't want to be that one to quit, you know, yeah. so I kept on going even though I saw that it wasn't taking me anywhere, you yeah. know. Yeah, and it's like society too, the American society, where like all eyes are on you not to, you know, screw up. Mm -hmm. And um, 
because especially with, I don't know, with the Latinos, they expect, like, their children to be doctors or lawyers, you know, get those high-paying jobs. Mm -hmm. And, like, when I told my mom, going into professional writing, they're like, okay, so how are you going to make money? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's what I like to do. But, like, um, so that is that pressure, like, from your parents and both from the American society, the American society, like, watching you because, like, you are at a disadvantage. So they're hoping, well, especially, like, you know, races in America are hoping yeah. you fail, you know. So, yeah. That's definitely another uh, force of pressure where you don't want it to seem in Americans' eyes, well, racist people's eyes, that yeah. they're right, that we're stupid, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't want to... yeah make them feel like they're right like there's already that stereotype mm-hmm. where we, you know we can't do anything and all that because they're ignorant of the other factors that play into why there is failures you yeah know? um but yeah and then i did want to talk about how the pressure of families they they come most of the families come here to have a better life and make sure that their kids have a better future so it's exactly what you were saying that they want their children to um What's that word? Perspire? Succeed. Succeed. Yeah. Yeah. To succeed. Yeah. And just going back to what you were saying right before, how people want us to, well, people like the racist uh, America, I guess, how you were saying, um, they don't want to see that we don't succeed. It's wonderful to see when people who are very low disadvantage, who you would have never thought that could go beyond um, succeed and um, make you know a living out of themselves and become successful and those are the true how, how do you say um, fighters uh, success stories yes. yeah yeah and they also like there's a reason why like um, they need they need to show like their stories and like mm-hmm. the media needs to make you know give coverage to them because like it kind of like helps other Latinos to like, all right, if he can do it, she can do it. Like mm-hmm. I can do it too, you know. So, yeah, it's very inspiring. It, like, it, yeah, inspires others to like, mm-hmm. because like they say like Latinos have like a low percentage in like college graduates. I think we were like the lowest of like the uh, groups. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there we. Yeah, and seeing others is. Uh-huh. It's and the thing cool. is, people look at statistics and they see that, and they're like, they they don't really graduate, and they think it's because they're lazy or they're they're dumb or yeah. you know but for other like, things. But there's more factors. Like yeah. if your family's struggling, you're not just gonna be. If yeah. there's financial struggles, and the college is going to college is causing more of a struggle. You know, you're stuck in the middle. Yeah. There's and there's many situations like that. So yeah, and, and, and there's yeah, there's many scenarios where like you know latinos are very family oriented yeah and so like they'll drop anything to like help a parent or like a sick parent you know i've heard stories about that where like you know the student drops out because you know their um family's going through like some medical um Mm -hmm. things and they have to pay for that so yeah of course they put their family first Mm -hmm. okay so we can move on to the next statement which is did well this is just a question did any of you experience a language barrier with your parents, aunts, and uncles? I don't think, I mean, my Spanish, my Spanish, I wouldn't say it's like perfect, like, you know, if I would have been over there in another country mm-hmm. specifically learning that the Spanish language, but I know enough to have a conversation, but I think what kind of helped me with uh, that was 
in our our family i was basically the first one here mm-hmm. like i do have like the older cousins but they were in el salvador yeah. but i was the first one here to to learn english because mm-hmm. all my aunts and uncles we lived together but all they knew was spanish so i actually kind of remember i don't know if my memory serves me right or or not but i think i remember like the first word english word i learned i remember one of my aunts showing me the stop sign and it's like that's a stop <laughs> you know oh, I, I, i do remember though that vividly like her teaching me english mm-hmm. i do remember going to to kindergarten and not knowing how to ask my teacher how to spell my name because I didn't know how to say how do I spell my name in English <laughs> you know so um, for I could say Spanish was technically my first language until you know I learned English in school mm-hmm. but it was it wasn't the same as like if your parents would have known English and you learned that from the very beginning mm-hmm. so um I guess there is a language barrier um especially like i want to say i'm like perfectly fluent in spanish so there are terms when like i want to explain something and like i can't say, think of it in spanish mm-hmm. so i kind of like good thing my mom kind of knows english i mean her english is very broken but she kind of understands it so then i do like plug in some english words and like sometimes she gets it sometimes she doesn't so there is like that barrier especially when it especially your teenage years like you know you got going through bullying and like they don't understand like the american mm-hmm. culture of like middle school and high school because you know they, they never gone to like those type of schools so when i did have a problem with bullying like how do i explain that to my mom like i don't know like she probably wouldn't understand my situation because she hasn't been in it so mm-hmm. um well like what jenny said um my first language was like spanish so, since i came here at a young age but then once i was like placed in school then i like forgot about spanish a little bit and learned more english um so i don't really think there was a language barrier between my parents i mean my dad speaks english it's kind of it's not perfect but i can understand him um i see more of a language barrier between my middle sister and my parents just because um she's at the age where she's like oh i don't need to know spanish like it's not important mm-hmm. so she's like i think she's like more americanized i guess so does she go to does she go to school and reading mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so do you think you guys for those of you <clears throat> so do you think that affects your relationship with your parents and uncles whether you know the language or not or if you're fluent in the language i mean for me my uncles they all speak english too so i don't really see it as a problem because when uh, i used to live with my uncles when i was younger so like i would be speaking english with them and i would be teaching them english words too and then mm-hmm. they'll be teaching me spanish words so it all like benefited all of us mm-hmm. how about you guys i mean i in my case i don't really have that big of a language barrier with my aunts and uncles and my parents like yeah sometimes there's stuff that you can't exactly put it in words uh, you can think about it in english but can't exactly express it in spanish but for the most part i'm able to communicate with them but i do see that as a, a barrier like with my younger siblings like you were saying with your um so i have you know there's five of us so i different it's it's a little different for everybody but i see that you know if they want to express something if i have a, a one of my siblings wants to express something in spanish to my parents they can't exactly put it in words and then my parents are saying something so there's always that uh, miscommunication mm-hmm. 
-hmm. So um, they're they're having a conversation, but they're on different sides of that conversation. They're not both getting um, the full, I guess, picture of what each side is saying. Yeah. So my dad might be giving my one of my sisters advice. My sister is saying, "Hey, I understand, but um, this is what I think," and he's not getting the what she's thinking, and she's not getting what he's thinking. You know, mm -hmm. not the full picture, like I said. Yeah, know? and it's like you think when. When there's that um, when there's that language barrier, uh, you might be saying something to your father, and he says he understands, but he misinterprets it, you know. And that happens back and forth. So I definitely think that affects the relationship because you can't really express yourself completely to each other. And so, as the youngest sibling in my family. I had four other siblings that spoke English, so Spanish was not, I, I wasn't that fluent, and I'm a little better now, and I'm definitely striving to be a lot more fluent in Spanish, but when I didn't know that much, and even, even now, it did, it was very discouraging to talk to aunts and uncles and my parents, because, you know, you just say, they're probably not going to understand, and whatever I'm going to say isn't going to come out right, or I might say it wrong, you know, because there's different connotations and all yeah. these words, and you might think it means one thing with a different connotation, they're like, whoa, what? <laughs> That's a strong word. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I definitely think it's discouraging. And I can see that in my older sister, the one that's a little, like, one year older than me. I can see that in her, too. Yeah. You see it a lot with families with, like, multiple siblings. So you can see mm -hmm. as, like, the older child is, like, more, like I say, fluent in Spanish. And as, the, you know, days go by, like, like, I guess the parents accept it more that their youngest child doesn't, you know, know perfect Spanish because, mm -hmm. you know, they have their other older siblings to help them out. Because mm -hmm. I see it in my younger brother. I mean, he's only two years younger than me, but his Spanish isn't, like, really the best. And when mm -hmm. he, like, explains something in Spanish, it doesn't translate as well to my parents mm -hmm. because they're like kind of confusing so so yeah I do see a little, yeah. little bit of a barrier with the yeah. younger generations well my my baby sister speaks better like Spanish better than my middle sister so that's kind of funny because you, you would think it would like decrease but no it's like mm -hmm. worse than my middle sister and then my baby sister speaks yeah more. and also like parents I guess they sometimes try to assimilate to like the English language and like the yeah. American culture so like I remember like as as I get older I want to like be more fluent in Spanish whereas my mom she's like I want to be more fluent in English talk mm -hmm. to me in English mm -hmm. and I'm like no you talk to me in Spanish I'm trying to learn <laughs> like yeah. like I'm trying to be fluent here and not lose the language um, so yeah yeah there's many situations like that where the parents come here and they just expect their children to learn English I know our family it wasn't that situation at all but there are situations out there where that's the case I think ours is, it was the opposite it's mm -hmm. more like they wanted their kids to know um, Spanish yeah. more and be very fluent in Spanish but I think the reason why it didn't quite work out that well is what you were saying earlier um, in my case I kind of needed Spanish to survive mm -hmm. because I was the eldest um, and my communication was with my aunts uncles and my parents mm -hmm. not so much with my younger siblings until you guys learned to talk mm -hmm. the seven year gap from me to the youngest um, and then once I learned English in school by the time my brothers uh, started you know speaking and stuff I was either speaking Spanish or English with them so mm -hmm. it was easier for them to communicate with me in English once they started learning English yeah because that's what they heard for eight hours a day in school um, mm -hmm. and then you get home and you're awake for five hours maybe and then it's time to go to bed you know so there's not a lot of Spanish in comparison to English children of immigrants are most likely to lose their Spanish fluency when they start school yeah, yeah. And that's for yeah. many many different reasons like the assimilation forces and 
and it's just easier. Yeah, both my both of my sisters started speaking Spanish. Like that was their first language until they started school. And then at one point, I remember my dad was like, because um, my sisters were struggling because they all just knew Spanish. So he said, oh, we should just speak English at home. But that was mm -hmm. like so hard because I've been speaking Spanish at home for years. So I couldn't do it. How long did it take you to learn um, English? Do you remember? Well, I came when I was three. So I, I think I was placed in preschool. Or like I went to like a... Um, it was like a daycare, I guess. Kind of like a daycare, like an early childhood program. Like, was it like Head Start? Is that? Head Start was one where you guys went to. There's just so many programs. Yeah, it was in New York. Yeah. So I remember Head Start, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in New York, it's called like early childhood program. Mm. So I think it's kind of like Head Start. Mm. So they placed me there. So I, it wasn't really hard. I don't remember struggling. Yeah. Because I came at a young age. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's easier yeah. for people who like came here at a young age to learn the English language. I mean, because scientifically, they're like, their mind's like a sponge, everything yeah. they absorb. Yeah. They learn because, like, I see my boyfriend. Like, he came here when he was seven, and he his Spanish isn't really that good, and he doesn't really remember his like um, culture growing up over mm -hmm. there. Like, he remembered bits and parts of it, but he's like, I'm like perfect in English, and like, I know about the American culture more. So, like, mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. We had younger cousins who lived with us for two years, and in the in in those two years. They were like seven, eight, seven, mm -hmm. nine, and they learned English pretty quickly. And then by the end of the two years, they were pretty, pretty fluent in English. They started forgetting Spanish. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's what happened with my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. But they ended up moving back to El Salvador, so I guess they still have that balance. Yeah. So I think that's the end of what we have here, unless you guys want to add anything else. I think this has been a really good conversation. Thank you guys for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you.